Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound, taking the temperature of the cold chain. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is Matt Ott, President and CEO of the Global Cold Chain Alliance. Matt, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. The day today, the day that we're recording this, the FDA is about to approve the uh, Pfizer vaccine, which means the requirements for storing and transporting at sub-zero temperatures is back in the news. It's getting a lot of attention. But even before the pandemic, there was an uptick in the construction of cold storage facilities, both refrigerated and freezer facilities. It's driven in part, I believe, by the increase in e-commerce for refrigerated and frozen foods and meals that we might previously have purchased at the grocery store, eaten at a restaurant, or taken home. Indeed, the ability to maintain the right temperature as product travels through the supply chain extends the shelf life of fresh food and ensures the safety of the supply chain. So let's take the temperature of the cold chain. Matt, I want to start with a simple question. What's the GCCA? Who are your members and what do you do? Yeah, great question. Uh, so GCCA is the uh, the Global Cold Chain Alliance, and really we're uh, we're comprised of four different organizations. We've got three uh, trade associations under the alliance: the uh, International Association of Refrigerated, Refrigerated Warehouses, or Cold Storage, if you will; the International Refrigerated Transportation Association, or Cold Transportation; the uh, Controlled Environment Builders Association, or all the folks who really are responsible for the building and maintaining of all the cold storage facilities across the world. And really, you know, those three associations, they provide resources in the form of research or education, training, uh, and even advocacy. And, and really each segment um, you know, within the cold chain, we wanna make sure that they're well positioned to provide the safest, highest quality goods across the world. Um, you know, then we also have a fourth organization, which is our philanthropic arm. It's the, uh, the World Food Logistics Organization. And, and this is a foundation that's really focused on the development of the cold chain uh, infrastructure across the world. And so we do a lot of projects uh, in combination with other organizations to ensure that uh, a, a good portion of the world that doesn't have the infrastructure to support cold chain can do so in the future. Matt, uh, you and I have been in the association industry for quite a while. Uh, trying to explain what association professionals do has been a challenge. Um, trying to explain what supply chain did prior to the pandemic was a challenge. I'm sure that you may have some of that uh, as well, trying to explain to your family and friends what the cold chain is. So put it in layman's terms, what does it mean to have a cold chain? And you know, how does your company and you know, how does the association view that for the industry and for the companies that uh, manage this system? No, absolutely. Great question, Abe. And you know, actually before, and I've only been at GCCA now for six months. And before I was at GCCA, I was the National Grocers Association for about a decade. And you know, certainly uh, heard a lot about cold chain, but certainly have learned a lot in the last three months, uh, uh, and even more so the last six months, uh, just as everybody else has from the media. You can't get away from, from media without hearing cold chain probably at least you know, once uh, every couple minutes. And, you know, I, I gave my staff an exercise. I asked them to go home uh, over Thanksgiving or, you know, they were doing it virtually. You know, think about how they would explain the cold chain to their, their friends, their families, whatever it may be. And, 
you know, really the way that I always describe it is, you know, the, the process of what we do is very complex, but really what we do is very simple. The, the cold chain is really just the distribution network that's required to move perishables. And, and whether that's food or pharma or, you know, non-consumables like say flowers, um, you know, any of those things that require a temperature controlled environment, we're responsible for moving it and storing it, you know? So really it just, if it needs to be cold from creation to consumption, we're probably touching it. Uh, Matt, how is this, I, in my introduction, I talked a little bit about, you know, the amount of construction that's going on in temperature controlled environments. So how's this space changing? In other words, you know, where were we, where are we now, where are we going? Yeah, you know, well, so here's the deal. Everybody's always needed food, right? And so from that aspect alone, there's always been some semblance of a, of a cold chain. Um, you know, we, we've always been there in some respects, and this even goes back to the turn of the last century, right? You've had caves that were, you know, converted into cold storage facilities, and the transportation was wagons with ice or, or whatever it may have been. And you know, just like any other industry, you know, we've seen a, a tremendous amount of advancement um, over the years. You know, for us, you know, it, it first started with you know, electricity and, and different types of refrigerant that were put into use uh, to make the, the, the whole process more effective, more efficient. You know, we... We moved on to, uh, you know, most recently ammonia has been the primary refrigerant, which has been a huge, uh, you know, accelerator in terms of allowing us to go further with product or keep keep product even colder. And, and you know, now you're starting to see even more changes. We see more environmentally uh, friendly systems like CO2, you know, come into, into the fold and be utilized across the world. Um, you know, but just like any other industry, the pace of change is just so much greater today than it ever has been before. Um, te technology has really, really provided us with some opportunities that we probably couldn't have ever even have imagined possible, even as, as most recently as like five years ago. Um, you know, and, and as our industry continues to make investments, you know, we're really doing so to ensure that the cold chain is operating as effectively and efficiently as possible and making those advancements so that we can really, as I said before, you know, try to provide the highest quality, uh, most, most uh, safe goods uh, across the world. Matt, you brought up the concept of technology. Um, obviously, within supply chain and the, and the broader market, uh, digital transformation is on everybody's agenda right now for organizations responding to the pandemic and trying to position themselves uh, for sustainable uh, success. When you take a look at technology, uh, temperature sensitive sen uh, sensors, IoT, a lot of AI, a lot of robotics, when you take a look at technologies, which ones are you watching that are going to have a real impact on cold chain? Yeah, great question, Abe. You know, I mean, there has just been a tremendous amount of technological advancements in the industry and, I mean, really touching every facet of the industry. Um, you know, I, I've actually been out there traveling and, and visiting some of our members' facilities, and the stuff I've seen is just really, really cool, um, if you pardon the pun. Uh, you know, really, really innovative stuff uh, and, and stuff that really you can, you can actually see a tangible improvement in terms of what it's doing. So, you know, I'd say, you know, the stuff that you, you can't see as much, but is really, really important, the use of, you know, business intelligence and business intelligence and other software packages that are going to improve logistics, and workflow management and operations. Um, you know, it just really can, it's continuing to improve our members' ability to both track the product itself, but also maintain the quality because we're able to check in. You, know, you mentioned temperature, you know, monitoring you know, software. Um, that exists, you know, throughout the supply chain, but it also allows us to provide our customers, whether it be, you know, the CPG companies, the, the producers, um, you know, with an opportunity to check in on their product that we're handling or on the other end, the retailers or food service distributors or whoever it may be that we're handling the, the product over to, 
you know, they have the ability to have a lot more transparency than they've ever had ever uh, before. And, and that's really as a result of technology. You know, automation, key area of investment, um, you know, once again, with a, a real focus on efficiency, uh, but I would also say safety. You know, the, the more advancements we have in automation, the, the more we're able to protect our workers and the workforce. Um, you know, we have forklift monitoring systems that allow us to, to track, you know, whether or not, um, you know, the, the driver's operating the machine safely um, and, and certainly provide reports on that. Um, you know, but even improvements like mobile racking that allow warehouses to make better utilization of space, you know, fewer aisles. Um, we've even, I saw a couple of fully automated warehouses. You know, they control the product literally from the time that it's checked in to the time that it leaves. Um, you know, just all really amazing stuff. And I, I just can't wait to see what comes next and all the improvements that we're gonna see, you know, in the next one, two, three, uh, in, in 10 years, really. I mean, 10 years, the whole industry, I bet, will look completely different just as it did you know, 10 years ago from today. Yeah, let me follow up on that. Are people ready? Are, yeah, the technology investment is there and we're seeing it across the board. Are organizations ready with their talent? Because oftentimes when you talk to somebody about storage or transportation, they think of, you know, it's either repetitive, dull or dirty work, you know, in a warehouse. Obviously, as you're talking about robotics and technology, this is a tremendously uh, different environment than is what I think most people would think of when they think of a warehouse. Sure. Yeah, I think that that ultimately, if they're not ready, they're making investments so they will be ready. And we're utilizing this as an opportunity for workforce development across the industry. You know, this is a great recruiting opportunity because, you know, generally speaking, if you think, you know, cold storage, if you think cold transportation, you probably have a different viewpoint, uh, you know, just based on whatever, you know, you, the, the first thing you think about is probably not robotics and automation and, and technology. And so, you know, this allows us to, to give, um, you know, a new, a new lens on what the industry is and why you might want to work here and why it's an issue. You, you really, I think it allows us an opportunity to be an employer of choice in the future. And so we're definitely looking at it, you know, from all angles and certainly, um, you know, we think it's a, it's, a, it's going to be a differentiator for us. Yeah, you know, Abe, if, if I can wait in there just one second, because I read about the warehousing industry wearing my modern materials handling hat. And um, cold storage is something that historically we didn't really pay a lot of attention to, but have in the last five years, because as Matt said, you start seeing, you know, the footprint for the cold storage warehouses is getting smaller and smaller. The height is getting higher and higher. If you go down to Midway Airport in your area, you'll see a preferred freezer warehouse, you know, off the highway. Uh, the, the big challenge they're facing is they can't get people to work in a freezer warehouse environment because it's just miserable. And so automation and fully automated warehouses like Matt was talking about um, is really, uh, you know, becoming a thing. Preferred freezer out in Washington built what is a one and a half or two million square foot distribution center, you know, freezer uh, DC that they operate with like 15 people a shift. It's, it's pretty remarkable what I see, you know, happening in your industry, Matt. You know, when we, uh, when we were coming on today, you were saying that, you know, you were doing some media interviews and I'm gonna guess that it's related to what's involved in shipping the vaccine since we are about to roll this out. My understanding is that your members, you know, aren't directly involved in the rollout, but from your conversation with industry professionals or regulators, what role is the cold chain gonna play in the rollout? And can you explain to our listeners what they need to know about this? Yeah, sure. So we've actually been engaged uh, in conversations with the Trump administration and Operation Warp Speed for a couple of months now. And 
really, you know, I, I'm very impressed with uh, everything they've done to, to get this, you know, going in the way they have and, and all the voices that they brought, you know, to the table to provide them with insight and expertise. And, you know, ultimately our position has been, and, and you're absolutely right, you know, most of our members are not dealing in pharmaceuticals, so they're not really going to have a role here. But our stance has always been, look, you know, we, we are ready, willing, and able to assist the efforts whenever, you know, we get called upon. We're on the sidelines, if you use, you know, the football analogy, we're on the sidelines, and as soon as the coach gives us a call, you know, we're, we're going to go run the next play. Uh, you know, our, our, our members are ready to do that. But, you know, what I'll say is they, they have really, this is a, a more bespoke approach to, I would say, a supply chain. You know, a lot of what has been done over the course of the last, you know, six to eight weeks even, uh, to make this a reality was something that that was developed by you know Operation Warp Speed and, and the partners, and so they're really controlling the distribution network. Uh, they're creating the, uh, the 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 boxes, you know, ultimately, quote unquote, that are going to be you know need to be utilized to ship some of these ultra cold vaccines. And certainly, there's going to be you know some of the other vaccines that that don't require such strenuous demands in order to get them from point A to point B. Um, you know, but but there's there's um, Based on everything we're seeing, uh, you know, and I can certainly say myself, I'm very impressed with with what I've seen, what I've heard, and certainly looking forward to seeing, you know, how they they roll this all out. Matt, last question, and uh, maybe some of your board members are listening to this, so you're going to give them some insight here. Uh, what's on the horizon for the industry? What's on the horizon for cold chain? Yeah, you know, so I think you know more than anything else, if you go back to to February or March of this year, you know. While we were very important, not a whole lot of folks knew who we were, and, and the spotlight has officially, you know, been been shined upon the industry. Right, everybody's very acutely aware of the cold chain. Uh, you know, first with the food side of things, people questioning, you know, what our role was and ensuring that they got the, the food that they were looking for, and now, of course, on the vaccine side. So I, I think you're going to see, you know, a because of that, that means that more and more folks are looking at it, and so I think you're going to continue to see more investment in, in the industry. I think that you're going to see you know, new business development opportunities. And, you know, a lot of this is, is stuff that was already in place. Um, you know, we had, Bob had mentioned, you know, kind of up front, you know, maybe there was some additional investments in the industry for a number of different reasons. And, and certainly e-commerce may be one of them. But, you know, also just looking at the number of people in the world continues to increase, which means the demand for food and products, et cetera, continues to increase. And, you know, we've got to serve that demand. And so, you know, there's definitely going to be, I would say, not only increased investment, uh, in the existing facilities, but probably, you know, additional facilities being developed. You know, a number of my members are currently in the process of developing new facilities, uh, you know, not only in the U.S., but across the world. And so I think you're going to see more and more of that. Um, you know, but what I'll say is that, you know, we really, really uh, are excited about the opportunity we have to continue to educate folks across the world about our role, the importance we play, and the fact that we are, you know, critical infrastructure and, and our employees are essential uh, to everything that, that we need to do in, to ensure that everybody has access to the highest quality food day in and day out across the world. Um, really exceptional and interesting and dynamic uh, field right now, Matt. Um, that is all the time that we have today. Uh, a special thanks to our guest, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and some of your guidance and some of the activities that uh, GCCA is undertaking. We hope you'll be back for our next episode for The Rebound. Until then, I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. 
We hope you'll join us again.